This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing. Today's worship theme, Christ's presence in our lives, is demonstrated by our character and actions. Paul's lists. There's a whole new life to which Christians have been called as different from the old life as night is from day. Paul says, and he wants the Galatians to know they're not living in the transcendent freedom of that life yet. Nor have they realized that the goal of that freedom is to be bound to one another in love. So he has given them checklists to show them specifically and beyond any doubt how they were not yet living the life to which they had been called or the life they came to be living. We read from Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, not only liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. But if ye bite and defile one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfil the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We do not know exactly what they did with these lists, so we may as well look at them with ourselves and our own experience in the church in mind. List 1. Works of the flesh. At first glance, Paul's list of works in the flesh might look pretty foreign to us. We're not fornicators or licentious. Someone might have an uncle who goes carousing, but we don't do that stuff. 
The list doesn't really seem to apply to us, but look a little closer to be certain. Almost hidden in the middle of the list is quarrels. He's not talking about knife fights. Is there anyone who hasn't had a simple quarrel on their family in the last month? Then there was that finance committee meeting with capital funds expenditure debate. Could that be a little dissension or strife breaking out? Is there still someone who hasn't found themselves in the list? How about the sweet elderly widow who feels some envy of her friends who still have husbands? If anyone's still out there, we might wonder if they felt any anger lately. Not even righteous anger. Yeah, that's anger. All you need to do is to find one thing and you're on the list. There are many more than Galatians on it. Everyone's life is on that list. It is a list of things we do that are a degradation and abuse of physical, mental and emotional power. It's characterized by self-righteousness, selfishness, judgmentalism, manipulation, intellectualism and intentionally muscling one's way out through life by force. There's a biting viciousness about it, its atmosphere, that even animals do not have unless they're sick. List two, fruits of the spirit. Surely we're on this list. We try to be kind, but you cannot be a fool, of course. I feel such gentleness and peace to church until I get upset. She's getting better at handling her problems with patience, and he cannot feel really joyful with so much hunger and crime. We're working on all this, going to groups, therapy, reading, self-help books. No, there's nothing in Paul about working on it. The fruit of the Spirit just automatically blossoms and comes to fruition like fruit on a tree in a transformed life. Better ask yourself the questions, are these things growing in my life day after day, month on month? Let us make a spectacle of this very personal question because that encourages the real danger here. People might try to disguise their symptoms, the things on list one, to appear to be on list two. This leaves no room for real help and we can get caught in the wrong list then by denial, which makes you a sorcerer in your own life, always conjuring to keep the dark side hidden and under control. Getting on the escape list. How do we get from one list to the other? Not by anything we do or by anything we don't do. We cannot work our way from list one to list two. The things on list two are not the opposite of those on list one. You do not become loving by not being jealous, for example. There is no way out of list one through our efforts. There is no way out of the grave. Crucifixion is absolute. There is a way to be transplanted from one list to the other. You just die to the first and are reborn in the second. It's doable, but not by you. It's a miracle of God's doing. As you vividly see the difference between the lists, we could well want to put our whole hope on God's power to do this. The pearl is the possibility of our list. We could pray that the Spirit takes over our lives so the old life is literally gone. Oh, but we do. We even lift up this greatest of all promises of transformation and a whole new life in our churches anymore. Or are we just another hard-working self-help group? Poetic and not practical, some say. If we lived and moved and breathed out of this too, we'd be wiped out like lambs among wolves. We'd have no power. True, 
except for the power to naturally bear all the fruit of the Spirit. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. Our first music today, Like a River Glorious. When Frances Havigal was vacationing in the south of Wales in 1876, she caught a severe cold accompanied by inflammation of the lungs. Hearing how ill she was and that she might die, she replied, If I'm really going, it's too good to be true. Her friends were amazed at how peacefully she received the information. She did survive that illness, and later that year she wrote the hymn Like a River Glorious, in which she pointed to the source of her perfect peace. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding, as he promised, perfect peace and rest. Like a River Glorious.
Evolutionists have long proposed that nearly all our DNA, 98%, is junk, that it has no function whatsoever. They claimed this because evolution needs lots of junk DNA for three reasons. Firstly, there are far too many mutations which would cause our extinction, but if nearly all of them occurred in junk DNA, then they are less of a problem. Secondly, if mutations, accidental changes, created us, then accidents cannot create DNA with 100% function. This would be unbelievable. Thirdly, if mutations created us, they must have occurred in lots of DNA that had no function to allow lots of experimentation without damaging the existing functions. However, modern science reveals that nearly all our DNA has a function, and this is a huge problem for evolution. Creationist scientists doubted the junk DNA idea all along, although because we live in a fallen world, they expected to find some damaged DNA that might appear to be junk, but not much. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We continue with Jesus So Rain. This hymn by Isaac Watts reflects an 18th century vision of the world church. Rooted in the language of Psalm 72, Isaac Watts paraphrased this psalm in ways that reflected his time and the political position of England and the rise of the British Empire. He chose to pass through the centering congregation. Jesus shall reign.
what following Jesus really means? Every Christian's desire should be to follow Jesus. Unfortunately, few believers seriously consider what following Jesus really means. In Luke 9:51-62, Jesus' words and actions shed light on the high expectations he holds for all those who truly seek to be obedient to him. In particular, Christ reveals three qualities necessary to be counted as a faithful disciple. We read from Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 51. And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem, and sent messages before his face, and then they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them, saying, Ye know not what manner of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first suffer me to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plough and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. A consistent purpose. The time had come for Jesus to begin the journey to Jerusalem, a journey that would seemingly conclude in a cruel death on a Roman cross. He tried to prepare his disciples, telling them that he would suffer this execution, but would be raised on the third day. In fact, he said the coming events must take place, and it is going to happen. This truth and Jesus' foreknowledge of it demonstrates the sovereignty of God in the life of Christ. God had one plan for his Son, to die on the cross for the sins of all who will believe. Jesus willingly submitted and allowed God's will to unfold. In the same way, God has a consistent purpose for our lives to follow his Son and to share him with others. Every ministry, activity and thought should reflect this goal. When Christians lose sight of the example Christ gave, they sidetrack God's purpose. Consistently pursuing this mission is the first step down the path of discipleship. A Christ-centered perspective. The second quality necessary to be a faithful follower is having a Christ-centered perspective. In the spring of 1996, a group of Montana outlaws known as the Free Men held local, state and federal law enforcement officials at bay for almost three months. They established their own government, threatened to kill the local judge and sheriff, and stole private property, all in the name of Christ. When the disciples went ahead of Jesus into Samaria to find a place to spend the night, and were rejected. They asked Jesus if they should call down fire from heaven to destroy them. Jesus rebuked them because he did not understand his perspective. 
love your enemies, pray for those who mistreat you, turn the other cheek, and on and on. Maybe some of those Samaritans would come to believe in Jesus through the evangelism of the early church. Christ was on his way to die for humankind, and yet they wanted to kill the very ones for whom he was. When human obstacles seem to prevent us from accomplishing God's will, a Christ-centered perspective enables one to view them with love and compassion rather than hatred and anger. Allowing Jesus to change hearts and lives rather than resorting to worldly means requires his point of view. Seeing the lost through the eyes of Christ refocuses the true follower on a Christ-centered perspective. A considerable price. As Jesus and his disciples walked down the road, three people had the opportunity to follow the Lord. However, each individual offered an excuse to delay his compliance. Why did Jesus respond so harshly towards their procrastination? He was attempting to disclose a third quality about discipleship. The first priority must always be obedience to him. When a person accepts Jesus as Saviour and Lord, a radical shift in priorities should occur, so the following him becomes the primary objective. One's relationship, job, social life, all diminish in comparison to the quest of loyalty to Christ. As mature Christians know, placing Christ at the top ensures that every other concern will fall into rightful place. To be a true follower, Jesus demands that we recognize a consistent purpose, reorient our thinking to a Christ-centered perspective, and pay the considerable price of placing obedience to him at our top priority. Most Christians claim to follow Jesus, but when you seriously consider the requirements, one wonders how pleased he is with the response. We continue our program with How Firm a Foundation. This was a favourite hymn of Robert E. Lee, a general in the Confederate Army of the American Civil War, and has been played at the funerals of several US politicians. On Christmas Eve 1898, American units involved in the Spanish-American War joined together to sing the hymn. The units were from both the North and South of the USA, that they should join together was still somewhat unusual in view of the ill feeling still evident about the American Civil War 30 years before. How firm a foundation. So 
you for joining us today for great news and God's views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We invite you to listen every Sunday from 9.30 to 10 for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity highlight preaching of the Word, classic songs, hymns and spiritual songs. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or on TuneIn and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today, Come Thou Found. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.